0: Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey.
1: Coming up. And these are young kids. I mean, bottom line, these are young kids. Nobody deserved to die. Nobody, you know, like as the relatives said, none of these people uh, should have been there. and None of this should have happened.
2: For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. A Fairfax County jury found 19-year-old Zachary Burkhart guilty, not of murder, but of manslaughter, in the deaths of two high school classmates. Last week in Virginia, a panel of jurors recommended a 20-year prison sentence for a 19-year-old convicted in the deaths of two of his high school classmates, 10 years for each of the teenagers killed. The jury deliberated for nearly three days before finding Zachary Burkhard guilty of two counts of manslaughter, shooting and killing two of his teenage classmates back in April of 2021.
1: The mother of one of the victims collapsed after her son's killer was found guilty, not of murder, but of manslaughter, weeping, gasping, shaking for long minutes before medics took her to the hospital.
0: Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help.
2: I'm joined now by WUSA9 reporter Bruce Leshan. Bruce, this is essentially a, a really tragic story about some teenagers and alleged rival drug gangs in a high school. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, and and, and the thing that has been so shocking to me is that you would have so many uh, kids in high school struggling so much, and that that it would turn so violent. Uh, so quickly. And and some of the things that are alleged uh, about uh, the the defendant in this case are are just crazy. And the ability to to go out and buy ghost guns and to arm himself, um, there's a piece of of video that was posted to Snapchat that is just particularly shocking. So uh, as you say, there was this kind of this back and forth between people who were trying to sell hot allegedly, according to the defense, uh, at South County High School in in Lorton, Virginia, in Fairfax County. Uh, and it got pretty heated and com- pretty competitive. And the defendant apparently was not a very good uh, salesperson. Uh, and he was uh, angry, according to his lawyer, about the success that his uh, victims were having in, in selling, uh, and so he started threatening them, and they threatened back all this on sno- social media, on Snapchat, and there's this video of the uh, defendant uh, that he posted publicly to Snapchat waving this ghost gun, a, a fully automatic handgun that, that he was able to purchase that's untraceable, waving it around in front of a house that he thought belonged to one of his victims. And in uttering the most vile, disgusting things, I mean, I'm looking for a, a few seconds that I can uh, use on TV and I can barely find a few seconds that are usable. And then posting it uh, publicly to Snapchat to everybody that was connected to him could see him threatening this guy uh, and challenging him to this fight. So the, the, the allegation on the top part of the prosecutors is that that's kind of how it started.
2: This was back in April of twenty twenty one you mentioned this was in Virginia and Fairfax County. What happened on that day? He eventually went to their house or went over to where the these guys were right
1: so so the the uh, one of the of the well the, the four guys show up at this house for what their parents say they thought in and, and the prosecutors say they thought was just going to be a fist fight, and uh, they turn up in the morning four guys. And there's one guy in the garage. And now this is the key thing. You know, we don't know what happened exactly in those seconds inside the garage. There was some kind of fight. According to the defendant, Zachary Burkhart's lawyer, it was four guys jumping on one guy, this friend of Zachary's. According to the prosecutors, it was just a standard fist fight, you know, uh, between two guys. Friend of Zachary is this guy Nick, uh, and um, and Urshin Aleisher, um whose you know parents came from Sudan to avoid violence and you know to get away from the violence in Sudan, and then their young son ends up in this thing. So there's a fight. There's actually audio uh, recording uh, uh, of the fight, and according to the police, if you listen to the audio recording, it's pretty clear the fight is over just about uh, the, the time, the, the you know, the, the recording starts, the fight is uh, lasts for a couple seconds, it's winding down, it's over. And then you hear Zachary Burkhardt step into the garage. And then there's a moment. Are you cool, you cool, you know? And then there's a moment, and then uh, there's one gunshot. And then there's a long pause in the audio, and then there's a second gunshot and 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 what we do know happened is that Urshene Alasher who was just seventeen years old, was hit twice in the in the chest, uh, and then the pause, and then uh, uh, Zachary testified in court that two guys came lunging at him even after he had shot Ersheen, and he testified uh, you know, I don't know if you believe it or not that he tried to shoot between him. And he only figured out later that he had shot um, this 16-year-old Calvin Van Pelt uh, in the back. And Calvin was uh, able to run out of the garage, run down the street. The cops arrived pretty quickly. They found Calvin lying uh, on the on the pavement. There's this is all on body cam that was also played in court. Um, Calvin's dying on the sidewalk, you know, down the street. And the officer comes running up to the garage. And Zachary Burkhardt is standing uh, or kneeling over Urshine uh with, you know, like a sweatshirt. And according to the officer, he's trying to save Urshine's life, trying to help him after shooting him in the chest.
0: Who did the shooting? Me? Why? They, they were fighting right there. He would not get off.
2: There's Where's
0: one, the gun? I chambered it. I don't know. I gave to my friend. He put it somewhere in
2: there. I have the shooter. He's admitted shooting. Trying to help the patient that he shot.
0: Step out here. I'm gonna have to put you in cuffs, Okay.
1: All right, do me. I think they kind of came up with a compromise verdict. They they deliberated over the course of the jurors of four days, um, you know, for long hours, and uh, they could have found, you know, that Zachary was was charged with first degree murder. They could have found he was guilty of first degree murder. They could have found he was guilty of second degree murder, or they could have found he was guilty of voluntary manslaughter. Or, as the defense attorney asked, they could have found that he was not guilty. That the that the first uh, shooting was uh, uh, justifiable homicide because he was trying to save the life who of this of his friend that, that was being attacked, and that the second shooting was uh, was um, self defense. Uh, or you know whatever. That, so that, that those are the, the alternatives, and they settled on this voluntary uh, manslaughter, uh, which, which suggests there was no malice uh, when he shot and killed these these two kids, 16, 17 year old kids.
2: Yeah, it's just so, it's so sad. And you mentioned. Urshin's background a little bit and his family. What do we know about Calvin Van Pelt? He was only 16 years old.
1: Yeah, he was a basketball star, basketball standout at South County High School. Uh, His uh, father took the stand in the the penalty phase, just weeping, uh, talking about how uh, he was a leader, uh, a guy who uh, other kids just, uh, you know, were, uh, drawn magnetically to this kid. And they, all these kids who, some of them, you know, didn't have any money, didn't know where they were going to eat, would end up at Calvin's house. He would invite them over, and they would, his parents would feed them. And, uh, you know, uh, Calvin would uh, come home sometimes with no shoes because he'd given – um, somebody shoes because uh, he felt like they didn't have decent shoes, and and uh, his father was just crying on the on the stand talking about how his family's not the same since since Calvin was killed. So that was that was the kind of kid he, they said he was. The thing the prosecutor says is that it, it just shows how corrosive social media can be, uh, how corrosive social media can be. Uh, to young people and, and and this thing that 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 might have been a simple beef you know settled with words or a little bit of pushing or shoving or whatever uh ends up ending in 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 the death of these two teenagers and and, and Zachary uh Burkhard, you know looking at as as long as 20 years in in prison you know it's manslaughter but he he the 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 jury has just recommended that he do 10 years' time for each of these murders, and the judge is going to decide whether that's consecutive or concurrent, whether he serves those two 10-year sentences at the same time or one after the other for as long, potentially, as 20 years in prison.
2: It, it has all these elements of these modern-day pitfalls of social media, of a threat on Snapchat, and then that escalates and— tensions just rising and leading into a, a real-life confrontation that turned deadly
1: yeah i mean you know people can hide behind the screen uh things you know get more and more angry and and uh and when it finally does uh if it does uh, end up in real life uh these are the potential consequences and the, uh, the other thing that's really important in this case according to the prosecutor is is these ghost guns you know. Zachary was 18 years old. He was able to buy a ghost gun that's untraceable. He bought a shotgun as well, and he armed himself with the, the, both of those, according to him, because he was, you know, worried about this this potential of Ersheen uh, uh, and his one-way crew coming and attacking him. Prosecutors paint that obviously differently, but the ghost gun's untraceable. If, they, if he hadn't, you know, stayed on the scene and I mean, in this case, police detectives obviously could solve this even if he'd fled, uh, because people knew who who was doing it, and it was all posted online. uh, But there are clearly um, crimes that are committed with ghost guns that are very difficult for police to solve.
2: Bruce, this was a murder trial, but this issue of alleged drug rings and uh, a gang called the One-Way Gang was presented in court at the trial. Can you talk about how much that was discussed?
1: Some friends of Ursheen's told me he was um, the one way was really just a T-shirt company. Or, you know, they were selling clothes and that it was also a philosophy. And, and there's actually a podcast with Ursheen talking about, uh, uh, you know, not getting violent and, and not getting in conflict and moving uh, your understanding to the fifth dimension. Pretty remarkable stuff for a, a 17-year-old kid to be talking about in a podcast. So you know as is the case in in, in a lot of these trials where you have, you have two different very different pictures that are drawn by different the different sides about the individuals involved and and there's a you know a whole different picture of zachary that's uh, that's put out there um you know they they got a lot of t- chance to to talk about this in the in the penalty phase where the jurors actually considered what the sentence should be. And um, Zachary was uh, adopted at five days old, uh, according to his aunt, uh, his adopted aunt. Uh, his, uh, his, his birth mother had a, a drug addiction problem, and he'd been born to a birth mom who was drug addicted, and that, that may have had serious consequences for his development. And then when uh, Zachary was six years old, his uh, adopted father, was killed by a drunk driver in a crash that um, Zachary is is um, his adopted mom and his and his adopted dad were all hit by a drunk driver at 81 miles an hour and uh, Zachary uh, according to his aunt and according to neighbors never recovered from the from the death of his of his father so there are a lot of things a lot of
2: moving parts there. Just a sad case at the end of the day. Bruce Lashan at WSA 9 in Washington, D.C. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. If you haven't already, check out the newest podcast from Vault Studios. It's called Intent, the Tex McIver case. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. For The Daily Crime, I'm Will Johnson.